To me, he's nothing. He's like the fifth post in the middle of the ring. They're all blind. None of them can count over two. They don't know the rules. They don't know anything. calling the crowd interference podcast i am deo some of you may know me from twitter some of you might not know me at all either way i've decided to yell into the void like so many other denizens of the iwc and give my unwarranted opinions on professional wrestling the general format of this podcast will be me pontificating sat word about certain aspects of professional wrestling usually based off of incidents that have happened in the previous week followed by a conversational interview with one of my Twitter friends. So without further ado, the first topic that I want to tackle is the WWE's use of older talent in the recent years. Over the past five or six years, we've seen them bring back a bunch of stars from yesteryear. For example, HBK and Stone Cold coming back to dance with the New Day and get that crowd reaction that they wanted. Most recently, we've seen The Undertaker come back And also Goldberg, who just won the Universal title off of Kevin Owens in a squash match. Now, this is becoming an issue because you are putting more value in your older talent than you are with your new. And the era of being able to use these older talents is very quickly coming to a close. Goldberg is 50-ish. The Undertaker's up there in age, just had hips replacement surgery. The Rock is off doing Hollywood. John Cena is very quickly going to be leaving the WWE for Hollywood because the schedule's not as crazy, makes more money, so on and so forth. But this causes harm to the younger talent because you're putting more value in the older talent. And in any other combat sport and i know the wwe is not an actual sport but it is rooted in a combat sport in any other sport whether it be kickboxing boxing mma the young always eat the old that's just how it is for some reason the wwe just continues to go back to the well and instead of feeding the older talent to the younger talent to build these new stars they keep on having them get squashed This is becoming very problematic because once these stars of yesteryear can no longer come back, you're going to have fans that are still going to remember. Whatever young star ends up getting fed to these older stars, that's going to have a lasting effect in the psyche of the audience. And this is something that we saw in the UFC in the past six or seven years. Because the UFC, for the longest time, was a star-driven sport. Whether you had the GSPs, the BJ Pens, the Anderson Silvas, the Quentin Rampage Jacksons, you had all of these larger-than-life personas, these big stars that pushed the pay-per-view buys of the UFC. And eventually, once they were gone, the UFC hit a real bad slump where they couldn't have, they couldn't break, you know, 
300, 400,000 on pay-per-views until, you know, these bigger stars came back in the Brock Lesnar's, the Ronda Rousey's, the Conor McGregor's. And that's very quickly going to happen in the WWE if they do not start building stars. I know they want the company to be bigger than the stars, but if you want to keep fan interest, you are going to have to start building stars again. The next topic that I want to touch on is pacing. We saw this recently on Fastlane with the Jinder Mahal versus Cesaro and Rusev versus Big Show matches. This completely killed whatever momentum the event had from the get-go. You could feel and hear the air just get sucked out of the arena because the audience was just not into it. And I understand why they were doing it because they had to eat up time because the main event was going to be a very short squash match. Now, this is a big issue. And if you watch other combat sports, You've seen the same thing happen there. You've seen where you'll have the card will start out with four knockouts in the first round. And then you'll have that one fight that just drags on. Whether it's boxing, there's just a whole bunch of clinching or circling. Or if you're in an MMA fight, they're just up against the cage or holding down on the ground for 15 minutes straight. And that can just completely kill any momentum that you had going forward. Now, the WWE could very easily fix this problem. Make things interesting. You don't just have to have a paint-by-numbers match like they did and then just stretch things out. Because we saw this in the Big Show versus Rusev match. The last few minutes of that match felt like they were like it was 20 minutes long because all of the Big Show's movements were super deliberate and super slow. He hit the choke slam, what I guess it was two or three times. Then he dragged Rusev over to the turnbuckle. Then he hit him with a KO punch. Then he dragged him over to the middle of the ring. Then he pinned him. And that there's that there's an issue with that. Rusev and Big Show could have put on a hell of a show just for that. Because Rusev and The Big Show are amazing performers. We just saw The Big Show have a really dope match with Braun Strowman a few weeks ago. We've seen Rusev have dope matches with just about everybody that he's been in the ring with. All they have to do is make things interesting. Because if you add some sort of a twist to the match, if you want to stretch it out, that's fine. Just make it interesting. Because with all things in life, if you make something interesting, People will continue watching and they won't complain. So hopefully in the future, they actually do that. So with that being said, this week I don't have too much else that I want to harp on about. So we're going to roll straight into the first interview that I've done. The Enigma, Aaron Klein, from the Not Your Demo podcast. One of the best professional wrestling podcasts on the internet right now. And also just one of the dopest people on the internet as well. I hope you enjoy it. It's live. All right. It's live. Hooray. Fantastic. So you and I have been like Twitter friends for, I don't even know, like a, a year now, maybe? Yeah, yeah, probably like a year. That sounds about right. Yeah. And met through, well, I found you guys on Not Your Demo, the uh, uh, Cage Side Seats. 
Yeah. And mm-hmm. like, that was like the first pod, actually you guys were the first podcast that was like outside of the normal, uh, you know, pro wrestling podcast, you know. Yeah. To we were sit- like one of the first, we were, when we started our podcast, we were, there was only one other female hosted wrestling podcast like there just literally weren't any other we were we were like one of the first so that's i'm not surprised that we were the first one that you listened to (laughs) yeah so it was like you know in you know the overwhelming voice of the community when it comes to like pro wrestling is you know white male so (laughs) right so it was like when i found you guys like okay one you guys are hilarious and <laughs> Thank you. you know like are insightful about a lot of things and you actually brought more than just pro wrestling talk which one of those things like in pro wrestling uh fandom like seeing especially like within like the last year or so where people are just like don't talk about anything outside of pro wrestling stick to that that's it and it's like <sighs> so ridiculous like yeah. what what part of any kind what part of anybody's life is like that like everything is connected it it all is intertwined together exactly especially when you have like you know so what just happened with whatever i think i guess they're going by impact wrestling full-time now with the they're they're officially impact now which is still garbage but (laughs) i know i know (laughs) i watch it all the time and enjoy it and also know that it's garbage At least that's the thing. At least you can actually realize. Because, like, I watch shit, too, all the time. I'm like, this is garbage, but I like it. It's Yeah, that's the thing is it's, like, some of their storytelling is good. I mean, now a lot of the people are gone, but a lot of the wrestlers were very good. It was just that, like, they just shot themselves in the foot so many times and, like, would just abandon storylines for no reason. Like, it was just so dumb. Uh, I don't know who's worse, Jeff Jarrett or Dixie Carter, but I think that the two of them together are like two of the worst business people in the history of pro wrestling. It's just so bizarre to me. Like, how do you ruin a company like that twice, like three different times? Three different times. And like, Jeff Jarrett is like the perfect example of failing upwards somehow. Like, he keeps getting fucking chances. It's like, dude, how is this happening? You have a proven track record as a business fuck up, and you still keep getting chances. I yeah. just don't understand. Like, it, I think technically Global Force Wrestling is still a company too, even though it's like a weird period scam. Like, I don't, I, right. I, just, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand any of it. Like, the whole thing is just like, uh, yeah. <laughs> but like, like we were saying, like the whole thing of trying to keep pro wrestling just to pro wrestling talk on the podcast, and the fact that you guys would bring up social issues, uh, you know, like feminism, mm-hmm. you know race issues, ideological issues. Like that was like the first time that I had actually really heard it. And I was like, okay, this is great. You guys are great. (laughs) (laughs) And like, you guys actually like talk about stuff that I actually follow outside of it. Like me and Stella connected on the whole RuPaul Dragon. It's funny. When we started, when we first started on Cage Side Seats, you and she started talking and we talked about you before we knew who you were on the show. Cause she was like, yeah, there's this listener who like, he also listens to RuPaul's Drag Race and it's super great to get to connect with him about this. And I didn't realize that it was you because I recognized you because you are also internet friends with um, my gentleman friend, Michael. And yes. so he, he was the one that pointed out to me. He was like, how the fuck do Stella and DEO know each other? Why do they keep tweeting these weird gifts to each other? And I was Bing! Like this, like light bulb went off, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's who that is!" Yeah, it's and like so. I had the same thing. So I was sitting there like one day, 
and like you guys would mention like i think stella like mentioned mike one time and i was like yeah hold on one <laughs> two math <laughs> like <laughs> it was like the scene in the hangover and like the mathematics are just flying yes got it got oh, it yes yeah. mm-hmm. i remember you so, sent me uh a that gif of someone going, oh, I get it. I, get I was it. like, oh, you yeah. figured it out. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was, and for some reason, it's weird because, like, I keep on ending up like people in your circle. I end up gravitating back towards them. Mm-hmm. I don't know how, but like, you guys have mentioned a few people. I'm like, oh, okay, I know that person indirectly. Mm-hmm. They probably hate mm-hmm. me, but. <laughs> Whatever. I'm sure yeah. people hate us too. <laughs> oh, I make it's a habit of people hating me because I'm I'm an acquired taste and I'm very opinionated about stuff. So yeah, so that's, that's probably brief, why we're friends. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a brief rundown of what uh, how we know each other, and you know we talk about like we are very random in our conversations. Like we'll yes. talk about everything from workouts to butts. Uh, oh yeah, spotting Always penis on, on TV. Um, <laughs> how much of, you know, that one milf in the neighborhood Mickey James looks like, uh, yes. you know, all over yes. the place. <laughs> like, she looks like when she showed up with the with the belly top, it was like, oh, that is like oh the 45-year-old she- that stays, like, I can still yes. She looks like the mom who had a child young and just continued to shop in the juniors department as her daughter got older. And so she wears the same clothes as her daughter, which is like, they look good, but it's also really weird. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's like, and it's and, and then like, she's stuck in like that weird early 2000s. Yes. Era. Like, so like she kind of dance, she kind of dresses like a Britney Spears uh, yes. <laughs> music right. video. It's so, so strange. <laughs> So, 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 so very I also think it's weird with her, too, because I feel like 90s, early 2000s style, like, fashion is very in, but she's not wearing updated fashion. It's like she's actually wearing stuff from, like, 99, 2000, and it just feels, like, very weird. Yeah, exactly. Like, I used to work with kids, and a bunch of the moms looked Um, like that, Now I'm just like, oh, okay. (laughs) This is like like your uniform. she doesn't have i need to speak to your manager haircut but like just short of that is it's sort of what it reminds me of yes yeah yeah. she doesn't have the whole (laughs) as i like to say stripper highlights uh with some dad blonde highlight yes 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 and it's just (laughs) it's super jarring when you look at it too but speaking (laughs) of which with mickey james so Mm -hmm. mickey james was like so she was equal parts two things so she was kind of like the first she was one of like the first queer i guess you would say characters that the wwe yeah, mm-hmm. had that wasn't like super over the top like bad guy uh, right super like movie negative stereotypes of like a queer person and but she was also problematic as hell but still yeah it's weird it was like some of it was really bad and other parts it's like i have a good friend who um is just getting into wrestling like in the last year and so she's like going back and watching stuff and so when mickey james came back she like went she used the network sort of what it's for she went and like watched a bunch of her stuff and was like is she a queer character i'm so confused like i like it but i'm also like weirded out by this because it's being treated very weirdly and like she's also a bi woman so she was like it's nice to see myself 
but also this is very strange and like that's exactly how i feel about mickey too because i didn't watch any of that live like that's all stuff i had to go back and see and it's like what the fuck is this what is this weird time because like it was since i was that was right around when i started that was that was in my like when i was most into uh pro wrestling Mm. around that time and like for that time where there were no women wrestling before where it was just like you know bullshit bra and panties matches or you yeah. might have like <clears throat> like back when i was i say early to mid 90s when i was watching wcw you might randomly like you'll we'll, we'll get the pay-per-view and randomly you have like manami toyota versus aja kong and i'm just like <laughs> this is better than the men's wrestling but where the who the fuck are they so like to see yeah in the WWF at that time, like good wrestling, like, you know, and women's wrestling, because, you know, that was around the time of brawn panties, you know, puppies mm-hmm. and, you Ugh. know. Eye roll. <laughs> yeah, such, such, like, even when I was then being the hormonal teenager that I was, even though, like, I liked looking at it, I still was like, what was, what's the point of this? You know, like yeah, that's how I felt too. Like I was attracted to the women, but felt so grossed out by the way they were presented that it didn't. I wasn't like attracted to them. It, it was just, ugh, it was, it was just so gross. And it's weird to look back at that too and see like gross bra and panty feather tar matches are happening at the same time as like Trish and Lita. Like Lita, it's very yeah. weird that they that like sometimes it felt very gross and and like objectification of these women and but then they would have like every once in a while like a super great match it's like wow these are not the same people who are writing this story it's like how is this fucking happening it's so bizarre and like jazz was great and like we'll fucking never see jazz around any of the women's history because she's involved in their concussion lawsuit but like she was great and it like i wish that we could look back at that and be like this stuff also existed during this time it's just that now the bureaucracy of Vince McMahon is like, fuck this woman in particular for being against me with this concussion lawsuit. And so we'll never get to see that, even though it would make their company look better. Like, it's just so bizarre. Like, WWE as an entity is just like so fascinating to me because they're they're so weird. They do so much weird stuff. It just makes no sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it is one of, and like, like you said, like there are so many, like, even with, like I, uh, so you, you also had Ivory at the same time, and mm-hmm. uh, Jazz was another one that like was randomly showed up. And like you had like these decent, really good work. I can't even call them decent, really good work. Yeah. And everything that people remember from that time period, like even with Lita and Trish Stratus, if you asked anybody what they remembered about Lita, what do you think they're gonna th- remember? Her and Edge, <laughs> her and yeah, oh, she wore a thong, and her and Edge fucked in the middle of uh, of the ring, mm-hmm. and it's like, and in her retirement, Crime Time came out and stole her underwear. Stole like her. that's insane. Talk about problematic. Like, <laughs> hashtag problematic. Oh, so like, there's so much of it that's problematic, and so <laughs> segue again into prop. So. While there are a ton of problematic things with the WWE and just pro wrestling in general, what is yeah, your favorite awful. problematic thing? Because like we all have those things where we're like, "This is fucking awful. I wish it would stop," but I secretly <laughs> kind of like. Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, I mean, 
this is kind of a cop-out answer in some ways, and I'll think of a different one, but my immediate thought is intergender wrestling. I know a lot of people feel that that's very problematic. I fucking love it. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think that the, the, this idea of ascribing it is like, it's inherently problematic because it promotes violence. Like, no, that's not what happens. Like it often makes these women look very strong. And so I really love that. So I, I don't even really consider that like a problematic element. I think it's actually great. So that was the first thing I thought of. Um, I don't know. Maybe Lana. I love to hate Lana. (laughs) We all love to hate Lana. We love to hate Lana so much. And like, I, that's part of it. It's like, I kind of look forward to Lana because part of me is like, I'm either going to be so happy that, <laughs> that she looks like a normal person and is like a, a strong, powerful woman again, or I'm just going to have a great time talking about how much I hate what is happening with her. So I guess that, I guess she might be my favorite pl- problematic fave. Like, I, I mean, I also like Austin Aries a lot and I understand that he is very problematic. <laughs> and so Austin Aries is an interesting, he's an interesting case study because yeah. <laughs> he will be so woke sometimes and then just right immediately after it be like i'm going to put my foot into my mouth all the way up to my kneecap yes, exactly absolutely oh yeah i it's weird because like i didn't initially like him because he is very problematic in a lot of ways and has said some shitty transphobic things but then like also seems to understand and recognize when he it's just so bizarre i i can never tell like are you actually making growth as a person or did you just understand that you fucked up like it's i don't know that's why i really like him on commentary i'm like i don't need to ever see you wrestle again but if you just want to be like this hilarious commentary person forever like i'll deal with your problematic nature it will be fine to me (laughs) yeah and I just didn't like Austin Aries because he had like the tiny ass cape. Like I, I, I love the tiny cape. It's so irritating. It's such good heel work, though. You're supposed to hate him, and like you do. You immediately hate him with his stupid ass little cape. Like it looks like, so ridiculous. It's so it, perfect. Me, like, I don't know which one's worse: his tiny cape or Ty <laughs> Dillinger's unexplainably Big high collar. He walked out looking like the fucking Count from Sesame Street. And so I was, what is this? Is it 10 inches tall? If it's 10 inches tall, I will accept it. <laughs> That's acceptable. If it that is, would be hilarious. That would, that, then it would work, yeah. But, like, the whole thing with, then like... Then it would be really good planning. <laughs> yeah. But, like, the whole thing with, like, intergender matches, which, like, we really didn't get to see that until, like, on a mainstream stage until Lucha Underground came yeah. around. Mm-hmm. And, like... You know, we got to see Sexy Star versus Pentagon Jr. And, like, you know, outside of the United States, that's a common thing. Like, it's, you know. Yeah, it's 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 nothing. It's just wrestling. It doesn't yeah. even need to register. Right, yeah. Like, it's just, like, even, like, just outside, like, in Mexico, especially, like, you just have all yeah. of these different, like, you've got the exoticos of, like, you know, like, the... I guess you just call them cross dressers. I don't think they're really trans, but like the cross dressing yeah, yeah. uh, wrestlers and you know, like uh, uh, Pimpinella Escalante that we saw on uh, right. Lucha Underground, and like you just have this great mix of things in in Japan. It's the same thing, like or like Asuka, Asuka or Kana as she was called before mm-hmm. versus Tajiri had dope matches. So dope, so good. And, and like, like Kana and uh, Kenny Omega were tag partners in DDT. DDP, what's that crazy company? The one with the two D- 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 Pro, yeah. Having yes. fucking <laughs> fights in the middle of forests, in yes. tiny creeks, <laughs> on subways. It's 
crazy amazing it's so ridiculous i really need to get more into that every time i see any of it i'm like this is insane like i love that this is so bizarre and like yeah it's just whatever that's just a thing that exists like oh okay great right it's very japanese that's that's the only thing i can say like after so japanese two times and i was like everything that i see on ddt pro and all this i was like it makes sense (laughs) it just makes sense but yeah so like with intergender wrestling and like when I hear the argument that people always have of, hey, it's not believable. And it's like, wait a minute. Jerk off motion, so ridiculous. It's like, we are watching a swamp man that talks about his dead mother, sister, fighting a giant dead man. And you motherfuckers (laughs) are talking about this shit being believable? Right? It's so ridiculous. And like, you literally could not tell me that Charlotte could not just flatten Jack Gallagher like a pancake. Like, straight up. Like, that is so ridiculous to think that any man would not be able to defeat defeat any woman. Like, Nia Jax could crush Neville. I like Neville. I think Neville's a great cruiserweight champion. I think he's a great heel. Nia could literally just be like, you're dead. Fuck you. Nia would fold him in half. Exactly. And so I think it's so ridiculous to just immediately write off the, the idea in general as unrealistic it's like you're just assuming that all men look one way in wrestling and all women look another way and like that's just not true anymore and like maybe it was for a while but like even if you go way back like you go back to dusty like he looked very different than everyone else like to think that rick flair could defeat dusty Rhodes, it just is illogical and impractical and so to pretend like that's different somehow because they both have dicks like it's just so strange yeah, and I think, like, we're kind of special because, like, we both watch MMA. So it's, like, mm-hmm. we know, you know, or, and I know, like, uh, Jet Friend uh, grapples, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. correct. So. He does do Jet yes. <laughs> right, right. So he, I'm pretty sure when he first started out, he got folded up by plenty of women whilst training. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, exactly. that's one of it's those like people, you... things that people don't get. It's, like, yeah, like, I have seen... Like, growing up, like, uh, with, like, island people, like, I saw plenty of women whoop a guy's ass. Like, plenty. Seriously. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The high school that I went to, like, one of my roles as a high schooler was that I was, like, always on the lookout for fights because I loved to, like, run around and be like, this person was fighting this person. This is amazing. Like, everyone came to me because I was, like, the gossip hub because I knew all that shit. Right. And the best fights I ever saw as a high schooler were fucking black women who would show up and be like you're being a fucking piece of shit and would just lay men down and i've never seen people do that and i was just like oh yeah women can do anything like this is amazing yeah and it's (laughs) like you know like just some of like the women like you i've seen just when i was like i I did a train kickboxing for about two years and like i remember like that there were a few women that would i would not spar with just point blank period like one of my high school friends was like oh kickboxing i went in there one time i said no never again <laughs> because i don't want to get knocked out <laughs> so and like i'm six foot two fifteen ish like pretty solid dude and it was like yeah no we're just gonna stay away from that because that is dangerous <laughs> Um, right that is an embarrassment waiting to happen exactly. not because she's a lady just because she will drop me <laughs> exactly like she will drop and like there were <laughs> like some of the dudes that were like pro fighters they would be like yeah no she outweighs me by a good 30 pounds and her skill yeah. level is pretty high so 
I'm not stupid. Right? I'm not suicidal. Right. I don't need to be destroyed by a person voluntarily. Like, I'm not into that. Exactly. But, you know, <laughs> shit's not believable, though. You know? <laughs> yeah, true. You're right. Oh, you're right. It's totally not believable. It's like, uh, yeah. <sighs> Like, okay. <laughs> totally believable that a man from space with a fire shooter is about to team up with a dragon, but nah. Right. Women. Right. <laughs> what? Like, no. The fact that we have two fucking dinosaurs fighting against, you know, a spaceman. <laughs> right. Like, you've got an eight foot tall Lucha Libre dinosaur, a dinosaur <laughs> shaped like a fucking fire hydrant. Then you have. <laughs> crazy dudes that are possessed by rabbits and you are talking about women's match and i like i've seen taya uh so pentagon right. and taya i've seen them in person go at it and like yeah they go to fuck at it and it's she's amazing she's really i love amazing. watching her oh, yeah she yeah, is I totally she agree. Is, she's hot in person too like yeah yes she is i was very intimidated when I met her. I saw her at, I went to that weird, uh, AAA had a show with a local um, promotion, Total, Total Lucha Libre, and it was in this fucking weird ass gym, and the whole show was in Spanish, and I was just like, I am the whitest person here. <laughs> this is so strange. And I like, I saw Taya come in, I was there with Jet and Friend, we were, uh, we were the two whitest people there, and I saw Taya come in, and she was like down selling merchandise, and no one was talking to her. And I was like, yeah. One, I need to tie a shirt in my life immediately. And two, I need to meet the only other white woman in this entire building. Like, <laughs> I have to be like, I, I am here. <laughs> I exist as well. I'm sorry. Yeah. And uh, when I met her, she was so nice. And she was just like, so happy to talk to me. And I was just like, oh, I'm blown away by you. You're beautiful. I love you. This is amazing. And then to watch her just like completely command that audience as a person who like, obviously is supposed to stand out obviously is supposed to look very different from everybody else and like honestly i love seeing white people be a minority i think it's amazing and i think that she like is so good at what she does and like just seeing her in person i was like i will see you a hundred million times again it's she's yeah. so good yeah and it's in like very you know when her in like so one like she's a pretty like and i'm not saying this to be like disrespectful she's a pretty stout person so like yeah she's it's dirty. not like she's like some dainty person where you know you throw them and they're going to break it's like no no right. like that's all muscle like that that was like like that was the thing that i realized i was like holy shit she is really as muscular as i thought she was on yeah, the ground it's weird because i feel like on lucha people look so it's hard to get a gauge for like what they look like compared with normal people. You know what I mean? Normal people because non-wrestler people, but like, like I saw um, Luchasaurus was at randomly at a show that I went to a Joliet last weekend. And I was shocked by how much smaller he looks compared with non-Lucha people. And so it's weird to see Taya next to non-Lucha people too. Cause I feel like she looks very tall and very slender all among the lucha underground cast and then when you see her in person you're like oh you're actually like stouter you're you're definitely like a more sturdier built person and it's weird yeah. to see that like in comparison with other wrestlers i feel like when you pull people off of lucha you have this idea of them in the lucha world and i think that speaks to how good lucha does of like creating this whole world right. and then you see them off of there and it's like wow whoa whoa i'm yeah. shocked by your actual appearance and like with her i think she actually may have I'm not sure if it was workout weight or if she just uh, remember when oh, like on the last season of Loose Underground, how she had a brace on her leg. I think yes. it was uh, from injury from that because I saw. So I think I saw her after that. But either yeah. way, like that is a a serious person. So like when 
seeing her like her and Pentagon go the fuck like you can tell that they have a rapport because they yeah. go the fuck at it like mm-hmm. he was laying into her legs when he was kicking her he and treats her like she's anybody else she exactly. could be any other wrestler and i love that i think it's so good and like that was the thing so with uh pentagon versus the black tri- lotus triad or whatever generic asian name oh, they just so good Right. I think it is actually the Black Lotus Triad. The yeah. Asian ladies. Right. <laughs> those dope-ass Asian ladies. Yeah, like, those were some of the most... Those were probably some of the most physical matches that I've seen on Lucha Underground. Absolutely. Like, 100%. that shit was bananas. But then, of course, like, if you watch, like, Japanese women's wrestling, like, Joshi wrestling is... Those are crazy people. Like, the, yes. none of this shit makes any sense whatsoever. Like, most things is like, okay, I want to keep myself from getting injured and they're just like no i am going to try to injure myself as often as possible yes absolutely just the shit that i've seen like in the little random you know gymnasium outside of tokyo and they're jumping out of the rafters what no no it's like I don't know. I guess part of it is like, as a Japanese woman, un- like basically until now, like, what else can you do? You have these very limited promotions, and you pick one, and you just like do everything you can to stand out as the most amazing wrestler possible. And part of that is just doing crazy ass banana stuff. I mean, that's like New Jack was the same way. He would do crazy ass bullshit in the middle of the fucking a cornfield for all anybody gave a shit about. Like, yeah. it was just that same thing. He was like, I got to this place, and this is the the most I'm gonna get. And I feel like Japanese women's wrestling was like that, where it's like here is this whole bananas world but it's very insular and it's very Japanese and it's very inside of this very secluded region and I feel like now it expands into this other place and I I wonder if it will change the way that Japanese women women's wrestling happens that if they don't need to do as much crazy ass bananas shit jumping out of the rafters in gyms or if it'll just be like this is who we are now and we just exist this way like that's also super dope Right, and like I'm, I'm, that was one of the other things I was gonna ask about is so with like seeing how women's wrestling is outside of the North American bubble, mm-hmm. not even North American bubble, just the American bubble. Yes, outside of that, so in Mexico, it's extra physical. In mm-hmm. Japan, it's extra physical. In mm-hmm. Britain and just in Europe, it's extra physical. So like what we see in say NXT, or not, I, should, I would say main roster. Main roster yeah. is like very everything on the main roster is watered down no matter what. But it's like yeah. seeing how things are starting to become more globalized and like everybody has access to everything. Like mm-hmm. these matches that we used to only see GIFs and like maybe a 10, 15 second clip on, you know, YouTube of these women's wrestling matches, you can pay for like a $6 subscription to start them and watch that any time. So it's like, mm-hmm. do you think that there would ever, do you think in the near future that it's ever going to be towards like, they start working a more physical style for the women? Yes, I do. I, I absolutely do. I think that you're right that in WWE, especially main roster, that it's very watered down in a lot of ways. And I think that part of that is that they work a 300 day schedule and you have to be very careful about what you do to your body and so in that sense i think that it will always be more pulled back than like independence or japanese women's wrestling but that 
trend has already started to happen. Like mm-hmm. just looking at like like Emma and Paige had that NXT match that like started the the women's revolution or whatever, and like that was a great match, but that was nothing compared to like either of the false count anywhere matches that WWE has done with the women now. And like yeah. I think you can see a definite escalation in that, and like the the violence that they allow in women's wrestling has really increased in capacity. And like if you had said a, a year ago that not that anyone i mean maurice because it would be super weird but that anyone would come out and beat another woman with a pipe right. like that is insane like that that is such a shift in the way that wwe as a company views their their women's wrestlers that i think that there is a lot of hope that it will become more physical i think part of it is that because it's a publicly owned company wwe needs to do everything one step at a time very very slowly like every single thing that they do every escalation of the violence every escalation of like the the toughness of the women has to show them that they'll still make money and like that blows but at the same time it's clearly happening and it's like clearly a part of this like totally all around revolution on women the way women view or the way that people view women in wrestling like indie women have been doing this shit for a super long time japanese women have been doing this shit for a super long time but now it's like mainstream acceptable and the kind of people who only watch wwe now view it as like cool and profitable and like they'll still participate in it so i think that we are moving in that direction I I honestly don't know how long it will take. We're it's like like I said, a year ago, if you had told me there was gonna be two women's titles, like yeah. I would have just slapped you in your face. Like fuck you, don't <laughs> lie to me. Like what the fuck are you talking about? So yeah. it's it's amazing how much has changed in this just even in since WrestleMania from last year. So like I don't know, it's hard to predict how much more will continue to change. Like it's easy to look at it and be like not enough has happened. There hasn't been enough change, but there has been an incredible amount of change. Like right. it, it really is amazing how much change has happened just inside of mainstream main roster WWE wrestling for women. So I have a lot of, I do have a lot of faith that it will get better. And I think that they realize that women are a marketable audience and women love to see other women wrestle well and do right. awesome shit. Like that. I only like Nikki Bella now because I've gotten to see her do all this bad ass wrestling. Like right. she was just, I hope you died in the womb bullshit. Like I didn't want to see any of that, but you know what I do want to see? Nikki Bella come out and say, you touch my man, I'll drop you bitch. Like right. 100%. Was like, it was yeah. so good. Yeah. And like, so you brought up a couple good points there. So one, the marketability of women. So mm-hmm. this is a like an issue that just the WWE and not even just the WWE, but like old like any company or brand that's owned by old white dudes don't seem to get. So like taking this outside of pro wrestling, big yes. comic book fan as you can see by my yeah. Rastafarian. I uh, love Catherine. it. I think it's super cool. <laughs> <laughs> so like there were shows that were like on. So Young Justice was like one of the best. Yes one of the best animated series period and it got canceled and the reason behind why it got canceled was that it had a large female audience and so using old stupid logic women or girl little girls aren't going to want to buy action figures because so that's, dumb. that's right because that's what cartoons <laughs> comic book cartoons are really for they're just vehicles to promote toys so they're like, oh, well, little girls aren't going to buy this stuff. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? This like, is... have you literally never heard of Barbie? That's all that is. That's like... all that is. That's all it is. Like, 
<laughs> it's so, so like, dumb. Like, now. make a Barbie size action figure, charge $10 more for it, and little girls will be like, put that shit in my Christmas box immediately. Like, immediately. It's and so like, ridiculous. So, with the merch, like, for the longest time, women's merch was garbage. Garbage. Like, Such garbage. Garbage. And then, like, recently, <laughs> they finally are starting to see, like, oh, it's shit. So much like, better. Right. You know, with, like, Alexa Bliss. I just ordered the Five Feet of Fury. <laughs> uh, oh, I really want that shirt. That'll be one of my next ones. Yeah. So like, or like all this stuff, and it's starting to look so much better. They're like the Sasha Banks, uh, legit boss shirt with the aviators on it. It is. Yes, I have that. Sold. And I cannot. Every time I'm like, you yes. know what, I want to buy that. It's like WWE shops. Like, fuck you guys. This is right. Exactly. You're just not supposed to have this. This isn't for you. <laughs> so. Like when it comes to women, minorities, like it's always kind of been this thing where they're just like, ah, it's not really. But now like we're starting to see, okay, you guys are stupid and you need to change the way you're thinking. The other point that you brought up is like the level of violence that you've seen. The level of violence that we have seen from like like the women's wrestlers. I hate even saying like women's wrestlers. Like it's just such the wrestlers know, who are women. Yeah. The wrestlers, women's yeah. Divisions wrestlers. Maybe that's how we should say it. The women's division wrestlers. Women's division wrestlers. There we go. As long as we also refer to all the men as men's division wrestlers. Men's division wrestlers. Yeah. <laughs> so like the match for me. So we had like these great matches. And the two matches for me, of course, they had to be Sasha Banks and Charlotte. But like we've had these great matches. The match between uh like the uh, wow, what was it? The Iron Man, the Iron Woman match that uh, Sasha and Bailey had. Yes, Dope. the first one. Mm-hmm. You know, so good. Like, mm-hmm. all, you know, the big moment that they had to take over. Awesome. Awesome. But the Hell in the Cell between Charlotte and Bailey, or not Charlotte and Bailey, Charlotte and Sasha, was amazing. Of course, the finish was kind of weird because Sasha's all of 85 pounds. She's not going to break a table. Sorry. Yeah, um, I know. That was just really dumb planning. Like, you yeah. didn't think to, like, pre-break this table for reals. <laughs> exactly. And then <laughs> the other was the uh, Falls Count Anywhere match between Sasha yes. and Charlotte. The welts that Sa- that Charlotte had on her body from that kendo stick, like, it's, Nuts. A, pretty, it's a pretty well-known fact that, like, Sasha is a is like extra violent in the ring. She has to be. She really does have to be. I feel like because she's so little that if she doesn't like extra go for stuff, people think like, oh, you look like you pulled back because you're so little. So she's got to like fucking wail on people and they're like, oh yeah, normal. That's like a normal human thing. Yeah, and it's like, keep her away from Nikki Bella. We don't want Nikki Bella to get injured. (laughs) It's a good thing they're on separate brands because... And Nikki's probably going to retire before they ever get a chance to face each other. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) But yeah. And then the other thing is, the other point that you brought up was that I think a lot of pro wrestling fans don't realize is that they work such a crazy schedule. Like a lot of people just think that it's okay. It's just Monday or just Tuesday. It's like, no, no, no. You have Monday, Tuesday, and then you have house shows for the (laughs) remainder of the week. And then you have pay-per-views on Sundays too. And it's just like, that's a lot. Like, that is a lot yeah. on the body. If you've ever taken, like, I'd implore anybody, whether you, it be boxing, kickboxing, uh, you know, MMA, grappling, or pro wrestling, go to a class if you can, if they're giving a free one, just so that you can get an idea of how tough this is. Mm-hmm. Like, just ha- just doing just a back, like, you know, <laughs> just to land properly on yeah. your back. 
is hard as fuck. And oh, it yeah. hurts. It hurts it like hurts. shit. It's yeah. very painful. Also, you know, I would even say, like, just try to go to the gym and work out for 30 minutes, 300 days a year. See how, see how you feel after that. Like, exactly. how do you feel at the end of every single week knowing that you have maybe two days off? Maybe. Yeah. Like, that. it's physically exhausting. You're traveling all the time. You're flying. You're driving. You're doing all of this bullshit. Like, that is exhausting in itself. Just to travel is very exhausting all the time. Yeah. And then to have, like, maybe I'll work tonight. Maybe I won't. I'll travel to this city and, like, sit in an arena and do nothing. But then tomorrow I have to and I have to work out every day to make sure that I'm in shape in case they want me to do stuff every night and like I feel like there's also that like inconsistency for some of the wrestlers I bet it's very difficult but then like to do that every day like I can't understand what it would be like to have to work out every day travel and also perform at like an elite physical level every single night like that is just so mind-blowing to me like how i had a bunch of people when i got into wrestling i was like 20 like really into it as an adult i was like 26 and a bunch of people were like you're in great shape you weightlift why don't you get into this you and i was like motherfucker i'm 26 years old like if i had started eight years ago maybe i could be a professional wrestler yeah. but like i'm gonna fuck my body up if i try to do that now and like i want to have a kid maybe and like that that would be it that would be the end like yeah. i'm at an age now where like if i wanted to have I, I literally have to pick training to be a wrestler or being a mom and like that's fucked up too like that's a whole other different issue for lady wrestlers and part of why their careers are often so very short but like right. that's a, a thing with men too like if they want to have a family like they have to, that's v totally affected by the fact that they're on the road 300 days a year like it's exhausting it's a super super exhausting life to to work for wwe like they pay you great but <laughs> here's a million reasons why it sucks really bad yeah, but then AJ Lee fan 27 is always on the internet just saying Beth Phoenix needs to come back and wrestle. It's like, well, she's got oh, kids yeah. and she's not probably not in pro wrestling shape because pro wrestling shape. So there's in shape, there's pro wrestling shape, and then there's like fight shape. These are all yeah, three yeah. very different totally things. different things. Totally different. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like I, I know that in my life, like I, I, I weightlift, I, I work out a lot when I am actively commuting by bike to work. It's a 10 mile bike ride. Like that's a totally different level of fitness. If I'm biking to work every day, I'm basically in fight shape because I'm doing 10 miles of cardio, every, 20 miles because I have to come home, like 20 right. miles of cardio every single day. That's so different than just being like, I go to the gym four times a week and I'm like in really good shape. Like right. totally, totally different. Like I couldn't jump on my bike right now and ride to work. I would fucking fall over dead. I'd be yeah. like, fuck this. I'm so tired. What's wrong? Yeah, Why? Like I, had, I was going, like I had been actively going to the gym for about, probably about a year. And I was like, hey, you know what? I want to get a road bike. One of my friends, uh, co-workers hooked me up like with a really good deal on like a $1,500 bike for a hundred bucks. I was like, Ooh. yes. Oh. oh my God. <laughs> I was like, when I, like, when I took it to the repair people just to get it looked over, they were like, how much did you pay for this? I was like, a hundred bucks. He was like, I will buy it from you right now for $1,500. And I said, hold on, sir. Let me think about this for a second. I'm surprised you did it. I would have been like, fuck yeah, take this bike. <laughs> no, because <laughs> like, like, I, like, I still wanted to get like a road bike. And like, yeah. just like a day before I saw somebody on like one of like the cheap road bikes from Walmart where the bike just broke. 
while they're riding on the road. No. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to keep this expensive ass thing. And even if it yeah. collects mm-hmm. dust, I can sell it at some point down in the future. Right. But mm-hmm. yeah, so like when I just hopped on to that and I was like, hey, that's whatever. I do cardio all the time at the gym. And I got on that shit. And there was, there's like a big hill to go up to where oh, no. the bike trail is near me. And I oh, got no. up that hill and I just said, oh no, fuck this. Fuck all. <laughs> Literally just turn around and go back a little. <laughs> like I walked the bike up to the bike. Up there, and I just coasted around it like five times. Like, oh. yeah, I'm good. This is mm-hmm. too much. And like, people don't realize that. Like, even when you have these larger wrestlers, and it's like their cardio is amazing to it's be able insane. to go that way. Like, to for someone the size of like the Big Show, especially, you have somebody that fucking big that can work, especially like in his younger days in WCW, when he was doing kip-ups way before uh, Ron showing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Gina, when I talked about that when I was on uh, uh, Gabby Rock Grappling, he was like, fucking Dio, pulling, pulling people, pulling this shit out. And I was like, but he was right, though. <laughs> you can't, like, this is things that have been going on for a long time. You, you know, can't really, can't just be like, oh my god, it's brushstroke. No, you gotta, like, you gotta recognize that other people have been doing like you had other athletic big dudes way right. before Braun. No, know. I will say that those two, I think, like you were saying, are a great example of two people in the ring at the same time yep. who like, how do these fucking dudes have this kind of cardio? Like, that's amazing. That shit blows my mind. Like yeah. also, quick Roman rant. Like, it makes me very upset that like Braun Strowman so quickly learned how to have that kind of cardio and like really work to that. And it took Roman like three fucking years to get the cardio to do those kind of events like that blows my mind like dude i think he's a great example of that he's in great shape he wrestles really well under like certain certain circumstances but then you put him in like really long cardio stuff or really demanding cardio stuff and he would just fall apart and like i think he's finally gotten over that hump and has like really can work to that level now but like seeing braun hit that stride (laughs) in like eight months it's like Bro, right. what and happened here? And had no NXT run. That's right? the craziest part. He was a had no hot NXT dog. Run. He was right. in Adam Ross's fucking party train. That's right. what he did. And rapping, uh, you know, Biggie Smalls. It was all a dream. <laughs> and like he was like, and to just go from nothing to this, and like, so like, of course, this is just a greater conversation that we can have about like. Pro wrestling fandom is pretty toxic in many sorts of ways. Yes, um, it is. <laughs> but so you'll have like these dudes that'll just be like, oh, well, if you didn't do the indies, this is that and the other. And it was like, well, look at all these dudes that were on the indies for all this time. And you start to see all of the mileage start to, you know, yeah. pile up. Like all these cool, like it's a it's cool when we see it on Twitter. And when we see, you know, big 300-pound dude do a 450 splash onto a group of people. And it's like, I understand that you want to entertain the people that you're with. But it's like, that shit shortens your top, like, your oh, career yeah. span. Like, all 100%. those things. Like, Daniel Bryan is, like, the best. Absolutely. Best 100%. This where it's just, like, where he, like... The indies killed, nearly killed it. Like, yeah, for real, it really, really did. Negative. Yeah. And, like, you know, as much as like people were saying, you know, like when the Miz said the stuff of like, 
was saying like, oh yeah, you're, you know, slamming yourself through tables and bingo halls. Like, and of course, like the pro wrestling community got up, up in arms about it. Oh, well, we was like, but dude, he wasn't, he wasn't lying though. Like, yeah. that's not, you know, that's not safe. There's no concussion protocol when it comes to these things. And if you ask most wrestlers, fighters, pro, anybody that is in a physical sport, more often than not, if they have an injury, they're not going to be like, oh, nah, I, I got to go stop and take time to do this. Like, especially yeah. for wrestling where you're making a couple hundred dollars per show in the beginning mm-hmm. to do these things. You can't afford to just go to a hospital every single time and then sit out for weeks, sometimes months, if you've yeah. got a really bad concussion. Absolutely. So, like, of course, fans are just going to be like, oh, I, I hate so-and-so because he never did this. Like, but that's not the point. Like, you can see yeah. all of your indie faves that have made it up to the main roster. Like, They look totally they, different now. They, they have to work totally completely different. differently because of right. that. And I, I also think, I, I think too, part of it is, uh, I, I think part of it is that part of the problem was that WWE was so reluctant to bring in indie talent that people had to do this crazy bananas bonkers shit all the time in order to even get noticed like daniel bryan had to live that life like if he had not done that he would never be where he is today because of the way the wwe viewed their recruiting process and like i think that they fucked a lot of people up because there were hundreds of thousands of wrestlers who were like i have to work the hardest i fucking possibly can in order to get noticed to get up to this place and like i think that we exist in a time now where it actually is to be an indie wrestler and just be an indie wrestler and like make your money and do those kind of things and work for big companies but not work for wwe and like i think that that has encouraged people to start working safer in indie shows and i also think that there is a uh like i was at an aaw show where uh ar fox and uh uh ali uh ali i think he was prince ali at the time uh Mm. were fighting and I think it was AR Fox. It might've been Ali. No, it was Ali. He, he took a bump into a guardrail and fucking knocked himself out. Was clearly out 100% had a concussion immediately. And everybody in the room knew it. It got very quiet. It was the first match of the night. It was like really fucking bad. But there was also this like understanding in the room. Like if he had continued to wrestle after that, no one would have been there for it. And the fact that they acknowledged and brought him in the back and he came out later and was like, I have a concussion. This happened. I'm dealing with it. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, we'll do this at another time and to have his opponent also come out and be like i'm really glad that he didn't fuck himself up trying to do this like i think that there's a uh an understanding of indie wrestling audiences now that encourages people to take care of themselves and to not wrestle through concussions i think that that helps and like we still do dangerous shit we encourage people to do crazy dangerous balls that like will hurt their legs and will hurt their hips and shit but like i think that the that first step of like don't fuck with your brain like right. we we understand you don't please don't do don't die for us we really yeah, like don't want you to die the only part of your body that does not grow back so right exactly do exactly like don't fucking do this to yourself i feel like there was also this idea i mean the the full disclosure i have never seen this movie the wrestler but i know how it ends where like the the whole thing is that he gets to the end and then he dies in the ring that's a very old school wrestling thing that a lot of wrestlers i think that's literally what terry funk wants he wants to die in the ring like straight up i think that's a real thing and i think that that used to be 
such a prevalent culture of old school wrestling that mm. no longer exists. I think people understand and recognize, like, I do not literally want to die in this ring. And so I have to, like, control the way that I live my indie life. I think that that is also helping. So I think it'll be interesting to see in the next even five years how dramatically <laughs> those kind of bumps and those chances people take decrease because they right. realize that they don't have to and like it really is better if we see like i want to see seth rollins do a phoenix splash every fucking goddamn monday night but i understand that it's Why better it? when i only see him do it once every year or every two years like right. it really is more impactful and it really does make an enormous difference like yeah okay i'm gonna be bored seeing you do the same thing a hundred thousand times but that's the nature of the schedule of these companies it's not right. the wrestler's fault and like i don't blame that at, at all for not wanting to be Daniel Bryan. And, and I'm sure it's very difficult to work with Daniel Bryan and be like, dude, sorry, sorry, you did the same shit all of us did. And now we get to benefit from the fact that we don't have to do this stuff anymore because you fucking literally gave your entire career for this. Like, right. it's just, it's I, in the same thing, the same vein as the women's violence. I think as as companies see that it is no longer profitable to make people fucking murder themselves in the ring, like that stuff will stop being as popular and it will start to decrease a lot. Just like blading, like blading was the same way. People used to love, fucking yeah. love that shit. And now we're like, please God, don't do that. Right. <laughs> please yeah. Yeah. Don't Yeah. Like when you go back and see those matches, when like, you know, uh, like Eddie Guerrero took that shot to the dome and then bladed <sighs> one of the most horrendous blade jobs I've ever seen in my life. And it's just like, it, like it looked like if you've ever like grown up on a farm and seen like animals slaughtered when they fuck up and they nick an artery yes. and it was supposed to be a clean thing and it just that's what that shit looked like because it's just like you could just see like with each beat of his heart yeah, like, like it's pulsing pulsing and I was like nope uh, even <sighs> even back then when I was like hardcore into ECW and like I'm staying up till three o'clock in the morning to watch ECW on public access TV. Even I was like, yo, I just watched New Jack staple a motherfucker in the head. This yeah. is too much. Yeah, so, absolutely. I yeah. totally agree. And like, I, Jim Friend always points this out to me. He thinks it's hilarious that when in MMA, when people start bleeding like furiously i'm all about it i'm yeah. like oh is he bleeding awesome this match is great i fucking love this but right. when people start bleeding in pro wrestling i'm like turn that shit off oh, yeah. i don't fucking want that because I'm i know there. like with mma it's different like the whole point is to fuck someone up as badly as possible, possible. and yeah. in wrestling the whole idea is to make it look like you're fucking someone up but to really protect them to the greatest of your ability and so when there's fucking blood pulsing out of someone's face you're like right. that's a good that's not what i want to see that that makes me think too of um the last blood uh that wwe allowed was that chris jericho uh sean michaels match where sean michaels blades his fucking eye and it yeah. i mean it was like awful like awful. i understand yeah. what the, the the whole point of that match is that it was supposed to be called off and that the ref is supposed to stop jericho and he wins because he's this hellacious person who like crushes this dude but it legit looked like he People blame Chris Jericho for Shawn Michaels' lazy eye because of this match. Like, that's so fucking nuts. Like, In pro wrestling, like, the whole blaming on of people who who caused what, when, and where is just, like, the dumbest fucking thing. Because so it takes two dumb. to tango in exactly. all of these things. So, it takes like, more than two to tango. It also takes people in the back saying, like, you should do this. This is how this match should end. Like, right. I think Samoa Joe and Tyson Kidd is a great example of that. Like, it's yeah. not like 
he's done that move a million times. It's been done so many times, and then like this one fucking time, literally almost murders Tyson Kidd. Like right. it's just a, a total freak. Like it's a complete accident. It's a like complete accident. Like shit. Shit. And happens. sometimes that shit just happens. Yeah, yeah exactly. Shit just happens. And like so the thing, and that's so the crossover that we just talked about. I think that has a lot to do with the indie culture as well because more people are watching MMA because they're for a while especially in like the mid 2000s there was a clear divide. If you watched pro wrestling, you only watched pro oh, yeah. wrestling. If you watched there was MMA, no mixing. There was no mixing. And that was right around the time mm-hmm. where I kind of stopped like in the the whole like is what it was, ruthless aggression era or, or what whenever it was when like CM Punk got to be really big and like they were having like the divas strip teases and stuff like that. And all that I was like, I didn't watch any of that live. Yeah. The Kelly <laughs> Kelly part of the things. I was just like, no, nah, this, this is mm-hmm. it for me. So. Like, <laughs> Poor like, Kelly so, Kelly. Man, I don't feel sorry for it. She's rich. So. Uh, truth. <laughs> That's like, the truth. So like seeing these things now, like, so AR Fox, for instance. So there's this clip that you can see of AR Fox does you know, I think it was a Tope Kongiro and like nobody caught it. Like the dude just wasn't yes. there. And he just, you just see his head smack the concrete. And then yes. mm-hmm. having watched, you know, combat sports for so long, instantly, I was like, he's in the land of women ghost right now. Done. He's yeah. got, that's a concussion. He does not need and continue the match. And now, but this was like from <gasps> this was like from a few years back, and like they still. Oh. And I was like, "Yo, what is?" But oh, I think no. since more and more people are starting to see that now, so like, <laughs> that makes you feel physically ill. <laughs> right. So like when, uh, what was the, like the last big concussion that we saw on TV when Roman Reigns speared uh, Shane McMahon when he was trying to do the coast to coast. That and was like, bad. That was bad. And everybody was like, oh my God, Shane was trying to kick out. No, motherfuckers. That's Motherfucker, what you call no. <laughs> I was right? like, his head smacked, and that's it. That's you know the involuntary arm movements that you have during the fencing response if you watch, you know, combat sports for long yes. enough. But like now that you're seeing more people that understand these things, I think they're like, oh shit, that wasn't supposed to happen. We need to make sure that this person doesn't do that anymore. And like I yeah. think there's less of a bloodlust that people have because uh, like when you have like the like I remember the early mid two thousands like Super Dragon was like the thing was like everybody was like oh my god he's the best wrestler ever and I was watching the shit back then I was like oh he's doing all these cool moves but then once I started to like I got a bit older and I was like yo this shit is wildly dangerous. And mm-hmm. I know more than a few people got fucked up. And of course, yes, now we do know that more than a few people got fucked up yes. uh, in, by his hands. And it's just like, I think a lot of people are starting to see, okay, that was dumb. You know, all of these, like, I know there's a market for all of this. So like, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Janella that like does all the crazy jump shits off like buildings and all that stuff into yes. uh-huh. and like, yeah, it's like, it's not for me anymore. <laughs> yeah, seriously, it's it's just so strange. I I feel like as we understand how human brains work more, and, which is like a weird thing to say in 2017, but like lit- literally, as we understand how brains work more, we're like, mm, I no, I cannot do this anymore. Like here, here's a good non wrestling example. I went to um, 
DePaul had their last basketball game at the Allstate Arena last night. They're mm-hmm. switching to a new place. And so we went to see that um, yesterday afternoon. And at the very end of the game, there was like a minute and a half left. They were It was DePaul versus Xavier. And one of the Xavier's players went to like rebound a ball and I think he thought someone else was grabbing it because he went to jerk it away but there was no resistance and so he fucking slammed onto the court and like his head bounced like a good foot off the ground it was just immediately apparent like this dude has a concussion this absolutely happened he literally couldn't get up like he tried to sit up and couldn't and like all I could do for the last minute of the game, like I was trying to pay attention because I wanted to see this game. And right. all I could do was watch this dude on the bench. And like, he was like heaving forward. He looked like he was going to throw up. He like put a towel over his head because he clearly couldn't like stand up and do anything. And it was like, right. this totally ruined this game for me. 100% yeah. took me out of it. Like all I could pay attention to after that was that. And it's also weird too, because I feel like concussions occur so infrequently in basketball that their protocol is very different where it's it's not yeah. like hockey and it's not like wrestling and it's not like football now where like you get a concussion and soccer even like you get a yeah. concussion and they know right away there are tests to do it they get you into the back they get you out of there but it was so weird to see in real time in a very popular sport like this dude got a concussion and you are not doing this right doing <laughs> like you right. are not you are not treating this dude the way he needs to you need to get him the fuck out of here and like put mm-hmm. him in the back because like it's just so unacceptable to see people not treating concussions properly now and like i think that's it's so obvious in wrestling too like anybody gets a concussion and like they do not wrestle for two weeks and like wwe does a lot of fucked up stuff that is one very good thing that they do and i think that it's literally because of money because they yeah. don't want anyone to sue them <laughs> But like, okay, great. Let's go to guess. They would rather that you do this for the wrong reasons and still do it, I guess. Yeah, no, definitely. Like there's so many like instances where we see outside of like sports that have these protocols and I'm just like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. Like I remember back when I was, I used to babysit uh, these kids at the job that I used to work at and like they ran track and field. So I would take them to the track and field meets and like, Watch the high school kids go, and this was like latish 2000s, and like guys, uh, they were running hurdles. Mm-hmm. Everything's good, good hurdle, hurdle, last hurdle. Clips himself, and it's just smack. And it's he's sitting there, and everybody's just kind of standing around, like, I don't know, <laughs> what? Uh, you know, they're just fanning him. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> This isn't a world star video. Fanning him's not going to do anything. Get him off the fucking field and take him to the hospital. Like, but yeah, it's just, it's one of those. But I think like now that more people know what, I I don't want to say real violence because pro wrestling is still violence. What non-scripted violence looks like and the, the end results of these things. I think more people are like, oh shit, okay. We probably shouldn't be doing that because, you know, the UFC, you get a knockout or just any combats were really, if you get knocked out 90 days, you're not fighting. Right. That's it. You, you, you don't have a choice anymore. And I'm glad. Like, yeah, you shouldn't get a choice because like you said earlier, like there are not very many athletes that would be like, no, 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 no. Not, you're right. I need to go to the back and not be part of this anymore. Most people are right. like, if I don't do this, I'll lose my fucking job. And right. like, I get that. I totally understand that that mentality of like, if I do not continue doing this very dangerous thing while I'm clearly injured, I will lose my job. Like, that's fucked up. But it is a reality of something like professional wrestling and like MMA too and football. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. just part of that culture. Yeah, it's dumb. 
It's very dumb. Yes, it is very dumb. <laughs> we very much agree on this. It's very dumb. Yeah. <laughs> when it comes to like the online, especially with fans that chime in and are like, oh, so-and-so is such a pussy. Motherfucker, what? right? Like, what? nah. <laughs> Do literally anything. Take a, a single back bump. Take just one. Uh, just one. Just one. Just and then one tell me bump. how this dude's a pussy. Like, fuck right. yourself. And it's like, it's one thing if you're doing back bumps in the ring. But then when you see these motherfuckers doing back bumps out on just like, the floor, like concrete, and it's just like ridiculous. Like he took a back bump in your gym auditorium. You right? don't even like the fall on your gym auditorium, and you are calling this person a pussy, sir. Right? Like if someone tripped you and you like banged your elbow on the floor, you'd be like, oh, yeah, you're sitting oh, there like so Peter Griffin for five minutes, just. Yeah. <sighs> <sighs> and, yeah <it's, laughs> The uh, just the online culture is just complete and utter fuckery. Oh, it's so ridiculous! It's so ridiculous. I feel so torn about the IWC community, whatever bullshit you want to call it. Like, I I love parts of it, and they're like, like I specifically remember last year after WrestleMania. I don't know if we were friends yet at this point, but there's just this like really wonderful environment in the people that i with the people that i followed at the time that when they switched over the women's belt like everyone was so excited and everyone had this like really yeah, communal yeah. feeling and we got to the end of it and there were a couple of people who tweeted like i wish i could just live inside of this wrestling twitter moment forever it just felt so like pure and organic and everyone felt so happy about it and, like yeah. it was like i love that part of it but there's so much dirt and grime and like yeah bullshit inside of that community that it's just it's so bizarre to me that they exist simultaneously like there are so many good people who exist in this like internet fandom and then there are just dicks who like don't understand anything you just don't understand like anything why are you talking <laughs> yeah yeah no i think we were right <laughs> around that time, and it was like when that switched over i was just like i was because like one, I just I hated the look. I'm an aesthetics person, so I hated the look of that fucking oh rhinestone breast belt. Butterfly toy was disgusting. It's this, a piece of shit. It never should have existed. I fucking hate it. It's awful. Yeah. And it's one of those things it. it's like supposed to market. be a vagina. I get it. <laughs> right. It's and pink like, and so it's V-shaped. Marketing for like women and girls when it comes to shit like this. So like the other day I was side note. So I was uh looking at like I was looking for a super soaker for some reason. Oh, yeah, there's cats that are always outside and I like want them to leave when they're making noise. So I was going to go buy a super soaker. Mating cats, so I go, worst noise in the world. 100%. Totally agree. The worst fucking ever. So I, was like, so I was like, let me go ahead and go to the super soaker website and see what the fuck. First off, you got to make sure you go to the right because if you just Google super soaker, you're going to get yourself to some very... Girl. Come on. Interesting. You should <laughs> like, know better than that. Right. So I get to the Nerf website. So it's all the same company. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you have all of the stuff. You've got Super Soaker, Nerf, and then there's like 15 million different. And then there's like yeah. an adults only Nerf thing where like you have to be 18 and up to play this because like they, they shoot with force. And I was like, it's $70, but I fucking want it. So but $70 for a Nerf gun? But Ooh. okay, I get it. I understand it's, if I could like shoot someone in the, the back and leave like a big ass well. Okay. Yeah. So it's yeah. basically like a paintball gun without the mess. Exactly. So I was like, you okay, know what? Yes. I think I'd be down for this. So, but then they have the little girls section and all of the guns are pink and purple and pastel colored and they are shaped like butterflies and ponies. And I was like, what the fuck is this? So what is this? And of course, they're like thirty dollars more than the same, the same exact gun. 
pink the, tax. Pink tax is real. Pink, pink tax, tax is, is a real, real thing. Fuck. Oh my god! It's like I mean, my- hell, I remember when I was a kid. I found, so I found out about the pink tax real quick. Uh, single mother household. Yes. And mm-hmm. my mom would send oh, me. Sure. And I was like, hey, you know, first off, like I got real, real early. I got used to going to buy tampons, and it was like. This Good. Is what it is. So that's so, that's great. So then she's like, "Oh yeah, go pick up deodorant because I had to pick up deodorant. She had to pick up deodorant too." She's like, "All right, go get this stuff. Meet me back here, in the store." Mm-hmm. I'd go and get this stuff, and my I get my mom's deodorant. My mom's deodorant is like six dollars, and my deodorant yeah. is two fifty. Same brand. Yeah. Does mm-hmm. the same thing. But it's no, in pink. Does not do the same thing. Men's deodorant is way better. I it is way better. Yeah, I only use men's deodorant now because women's deodorant is bullshit and it costs way more and it does less. It's so stupid. Yeah, one of my exes, she did the same thing. She was like, I like I went over her house and she she had a whole bunch of like axe deodorant. I was like, is there another dude here? And she was like, nah, like it just works better. I was like, mm-hmm. Yep. Makes sense. <laughs> makes sense. I and it's cheaper. Like it's classic men. I classic men's old spice because it's effective, it lasts all day, and it's cheap as fuck. Like, of course I'm gonna use this all the time. It's it great. Smells good. <laughs> I don't know if I, like, I don't smell whole... feminine enough now. That's the problem. <laughs> so like, I so like stupid. the whole feminine smell thing. I was like, you do understand that that feminine smell that you're smelling is just pheromones. But yeah. we'll we'll we won't go. Right. But <laughs> so, anyway, Pink Tex is real. That's a thing. <laughs> Very fucking real. So, like, that belt hot garbage. Garbage. Hot garbage. So, yes. when that left, I was like, oh, aesthetically speaking, that's right. fucking fantastic. And, you know, but then, like, just seeing how the sense of community that everybody had at that time was just like, it was just really nice to see. Because, like, you get so much. I, like, I don't know if you guys really get much of it. Like, I've had really bad experiences on the internet but then again i've kind of always been a bad guy not necessarily <laughs> because i wanted to be but because i was a moderator on a very large website so of course right. then somebody they're gonna you know and once they found out black, oh yeah once yeah. they found out that i was black it was just like oh, oh yeah nigga this nigga that like they called Ugh. me racial slurs that i had to go look up because i had never heard them before i was like oh somebody gosh. told me a moon cricket and i was like what the fuck <gasps> is a moon cricket so oh my I, God. I actually do know what that, that one like, is. Okay. I only know that because I follow Feminista Jones and she was like, here's a bunch of really weird names that people have called me. And I was like, like what the fuck is that? Because the black slaves were out in they the sang field it. of the yeah. moon and they said, that's actually creative. So I'm kind of not mad at it. I know, right? I read the definition of it and I was like, if this wasn't racist as fuck, would I think this was cool? Maybe, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But like, I can't feel that way. That's gross. Yeah, so like, I don't know. I don't know if you guys. I've never really like seen you guys have to like go after people. Like I've seen a few other people uh, from other podcasts or like other people of color that I've had, uh, like like yeah. Last Mark Standing um, podcast. Um, yes, oh, I'm seen... sure they get all kinds of shit. Right. Like, like you know, yeah, you've got a very opinionated woman. <laughs> you know, she's a person of color. Damien's yeah. very opinionated as fuck too. And like, you have like. I see them go at it with people. I don't ever really see you guys get that type of... Oh, we mostly just block people. That's a big part of it. Like, I don't even try... I, I know Stella does not engage. Like, she yeah. doesn't even try anymore. She just immediately blocks people. Part of that is because her her 
followers are made up of people who are both wrestling fans and also burlesque fans and so right. i feel like she's immediately like no nah, i'm just not i'm not even gonna deal with this like i have to put pictures of my half naked body on the internet and if you're gonna be a complete dick to me i'm not even gonna engage you at all so i feel like right. that's part of it and i also think it's <laughs> i have found i have not had as much shit. i get some people come to me who will like I think that they try to challenge me like you don't know what you're talking about and then they try when I start to I can usually tell that person I'm like okay right. as soon as I answer this thing you're gonna try and fake fangirl me like I'm not into that I'm not about to try that bullshit because yeah. no one yeah. can win that but I, there are people who you can be like no you just feel this because I'm a woman and so you think that I'm dumb and like I'm a blonde white lady like I look like a fucking idiot I totally understand like <laughs> it's, uh, I understand why people look at me and are like mm, you don't know what you're talking about but uh, so there's there's that where it's like I'm willing to like combat that a little bit but I also just like send a gif and if somebody will laugh at that and like understand that I'm trying to engage them i will engage them and then if they just like shut down i'm like blocked i can't even deal with this i like don't even want i i can't i cannot deal with that bullshit like i've had real life violence problems in my like i i was stalked for a couple years and like i am right right away like will not allow that (laughs) do not get anywhere into my orbit i will 100 block you because i cannot deal with that shit again so i think that's part of it like as women i think we're more willing to be like fuck that no i also wonder like how many people trina has to block like i bet it's a fucking lot like she engages with enough people that i'm like i wonder what your block list is like it's probably fucking enormous i I always like kind of worry like when i see stuff like because i'm like you you engage with a lot of people and like a lot of people are really fucking strange and just like knowing like knowing (laughs) the things i've had to deal with i'm like yo this is kind of sketch but you know she's strong so it's what yeah and i think that she has like a capacity to deal with it in a way that i do not like i think it's good when people combat that like I'm just gonna briefly touch on this. I I stayed the night at a house last night that was uh, two Trump supporters, and I did not know that till I got there. And yes, and we got into like a pretty big argument twice, (laughs) and it was weird to be like, "This is I I deeply do not want to do this because this is so awkward and it makes me feel so horrible." And like, I hate you both right now in this moment because I loved you, and now I find out you're these horrible people and have these terrible opinions. But as we got into it, there were several moments where both of them were just like i literally didn't know that and it made me angry but at the same time it's like i I feel like it's my job as a like a white lady to be like i have to have these conversations because i won't get murdered and i have to do this in this moment because it's important for somebody to reach out and do these things and so like though i understand that mentality where trina wants to engage people it's just that i have a a deeper fear of like internet violence than i do of that like interpersonal white people violence and so i feel like i'm way more willing to engage in person now with people that i'm like i totally disagree with who you are as a person but like i will try to talk to you about this the people who do that on the internet you can't in in my experience the people who come for me and who try to like engage me in that way like they do not want to have those conversations and i like can usually tell that right away and i'm just like i will fucking block this shit down and i think with trina she has a better uh capacity to to or maybe she just gets enough responses that she understands like these are the kind of people i can have these conversations with and like actually engage change and like the people who come for me and who come to me about that shit often are not that kind of way and so i we i just don't engage i just can't (laughs) yeah i'm entirely entirely too combative when it comes to a lot of this shit so like when i get bad (laughs) stuff it is just like in my nature. Like I grew up the nerdy kid with glasses. Like I looked like I will find a picture and uh, send it to you guys. Like my mom used to dress me like Steve Urkel, and I had the super, I had these super thick 
uh, oh glasses going up. I had suspenders and I had the high top fade. So very quickly, I had to one learn how to take it and then dish it back out, and then also had to learn how to fight pretty early too when it came to like, shit like that. so like it's just in my nature. Like when somebody says some dumb shit, it's like motherfucker, what? And then usually, like once I know, once I've differentiated between whether this is a person that actually has a has an opinion that they can kind of sort of try to back up or if you're just random shit wad, then it's yeah. like, oh yeah, you know what? Suck my dick. Here's a gif. Be on Got about it. your business. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> so yes, exactly. but, yeah. And it's like going back to what I was saying like the beginning of this was like you having you to show up was just like a breath, such a breath of like fresh air. Because it was like, you know, you just have the same like having the same all same old like when it came to like talking about issues of race and mm-hmm. you know politics and like you guys talk about politics like you were like one of the podcasts that I listened to listened to during like the election that like got me through that Thank you. time That's, period because it's a lot to me. Like <laughs> listening to you guys was like cathartic because you had people that were like in similar boats, you know, with these situations. So yeah. it's like, but it's still yeah. like having these other voices it's so much that's like, i think it's so important that you have you know the nacho demos the last mark standings the like some of the other that i listen to the corner which is two african american yeah. the heels and heels and you have like all of these <coughs> excuse me my goodness I need to <laughs> but uh like like you have all of these different you know viewpoints and you have these different backstories of like how everybody got into wrestling. So like how so as another how did you get into watching pro wrestling? Well, I watched it when I was a kid. Um I was not allowed to watch it, so I'd sneak into my basement and I would watch it. And uh, I yeah, I was, yeah. <laughs> I was in like <laughs> I was in like 6th grade when I like really got into it. I watched it for like a year and then then I found out it was sh- scripted and felt <laughs> devastated and like betrayed. deeply betrayed by it and yeah. so i just stopped watching i was like this is really dumb and like i wasn't allowed to watch it anyway and my mom always used to make fun of it and said it was really stupid and so i just stopped watching it and then i started dating a uh, gem friend and he was really into it and started uh he got the network and we moved in we lived together in a place with a roommate for like a year and that was when he like started to get back into wrestling and then when we moved into our own apartment after a year he would watch old wrestling all the time, like old uh, Ric Flair and old Dusty and Macho Man stuff. And I hated it. I just like couldn't get into it. I didn't understand it. I was like, this is so dumb. I felt like I still felt the same like betrayal that I had felt as a child. And then he made me watch um, Macho Man versus uh, Ricky Steamboat at WrestleMania three. And I just like oh. fell in love. I was like, this is amazing. I totally get it. And like, he tried to show me a bunch of old, like hour long classic matches at the beginning. And I was like, I don't understand. This is so long. It's so fucking yeah. boring. But in the end, I think it might've been the right move because it made me appreciate stuff. Like as I got into the technical part of it, right. I could appreciate that something was only a half hour and like so i could appreciate that it didn't feel like endless to me and so i think that that was actually really smart in a lot of ways but it like then i like a year and a half ago 
a couple of my friends are really into the indies and I started following more people on Twitter who were into the indies. And so that I got into that myself and Gent Friend isn't really into the indies at all. And so it became like my own thing. And it, it was something that I like really deep dived into and got very into. And right. so I have this like weird two part, like my experience in WWE is of like classic old 70s 80s wrestling that really got me into it and then like going back and discovering people that i liked and then simultaneously getting into like very brand new indie style wrestling so it's i think that the combination of both is why i love it so much because i'm just like so into it there's just such a variety and there's so much of it but it's and i love the drama and the backstage and all of the bureaucracy and the bullshit like that's part of why i love wwe because like learning about the history of how fucked up all of it is like i was so into that i wanted to know fucking everything when i got into it as an adult it was like oh this is scripted oh okay i get it now this is real but it's scripted and part of why all of this happens is because there's all of this shit going on and i was just like i need to like put a fucking (laughs) stake in this and drill it like oil like i need to know everything that i possibly can and i think that's part of why Stella and I are good at our podcast because like we both just really fucking love to know everything we want to know as much as we possibly can about everything that we like and like she and I are the same kind of people where we've been friends for over a decade like and so we have very similar personalities where we're like you're into this thing I'm into this thing let's watch a thousand hours of this thing and get super into it like we've done that with a couple of things and so it was nice to like we like had a falling out as friends and then discovered that we were both getting into wrestling at the same time. And it was like, Oh, that's right. We're best friends. And also let's do a podcast every week. <laughs> oh my God. Besties. <laughs> like I right? was exactly like the way that I got into it was very much different from yours. Like I, like I said earlier, I was birthed into it. essentially. Like, I love it. I think mean, that's great. My dad, I don't know if he still watches. I don't really talk to him, but he was like hot, like, when I say hardcore, I mean hardcore. Like you got oh. random, you know, Nigerian guy that just would like he tape traded. So like, the oh first, wow! So, so he like, was like the, really into it. <laughs> really into it. So like, I have like had I, my mom threw all those away. But like, some of the first matches that I remember watching were like old videotapes of old cage matches. So like, the first match I ever saw was. Um, Jimmy Snuka versus, I think it was, was it Harley Race? I guess it was. I forgot exactly wh- whoever it was, but it was like the ca- like one of the major splash off the top of the cage things. Yeah. Like, so like we had like this old station wagon back in like the late eighties, early nineties. Oh God, yeah. Like the back of it, instead of like it being clean or having stuff that you can use, it was completely filled from the top of the back of the seat, the like the back. To the bottom with nothing but like videotapes and oh pro wrestling magazine. So like hardcore about his shit. Wow, so yeah. <laughs> I was like, I watched everything. Like we used to go to WCW shows, WWF shows when they showed up, like all that shit. So like it was That's like awesome. the most important thing in my life for the longest time, up until like I would say like right around like 2005 when like MMA became big. And then, you know, the Kelly Kelly era and all of those. And, like, you know, like, when things got very nonsensical, I guess you would say, that's when I was like, eh, it's not for me. So, but, like, yeah. So I had that same kind of, like, you know, that was was mine where I was like, oh, shit, I have 
like I look back at it now, I was like, I've watched way too much wrestling in my lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> way too much wrestling in my lifetime. But it's awesome though. It's so good. <laughs> it really is. It really, it really, is. really, really, really is. So of all of you, like I know you guys kind of sort of touch on this every now and then. So like I know with Stella, she's always like Stone Cold's her favorite ever. Yes. Ever, 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 ever. <laughs> So, yes. of the current generation of stars, it doesn't matter whether it's indie or WWE, who's your favorite currently right now? Cole Cabana is my favorite wrestler, one hundred percent. Part of that is because I'm in Chicago, and like I indie wrestling was because I listened to the Art of Wrestling, and I got really into uh, learning about the indie wrestlers, and so I felt this like connection to Colt Cabana as this voice of the indie wrestlers, which like I understand is a manufactured personality, but I also like really bought into a lot. And so like my personal mark it like really attached <laughs> to that. And he's at every Chicago show that I go to. So like he right. was at the first wrestle the first independent show I ever went to. And I had a really great interaction with him. And it made mm -hmm. me feel like I felt so connected to that experience into that environment that it made me really attached to him as a wrestler and so i like i also really enjoy him because i think he's good and i think that he makes a great heel i wish he would play heel more often but like i he like played a heel the other day on chicago pd but <laughs> <laughs> yeah didn't he uh, i was listening to our wrestling he was talking about it and i was like this is very bizarre <laughs> was it was random character. like i'm sitting here watching i was like ah the streams are crossing. I don't know if I like this. What is going I know, on? Right? I have a, a I, I will not say who this is, but I have a friend who uh, sent me a text and was like, um, I think Cole Cabana's in my screen acting class. And I was like, are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> Do you think or are you sure? And he texted me back like a half hour later and he was like, yeah, he's definitely in this class with me. This is really strange. And I was just like, Mark, Mark it out. Have a great <laughs> moment here. But like every time I've ever interacted with him, he's been like extremely nice to me and has always been like really accommodating. Like every time I interact with him on Twitter, he's always really great to me too. And so I like, I feel like part of why I really enjoy him and why he's one of my favorites is because I have this like connection with him that I do not have with other kinds of wrestlers. So I think that that's a big part of it. But all time, past, present, if I had to pick anybody, I would pick Macho Man. He's my favorite wrestler for sure. Like I have a Macho Man tattoo. It's uh, my oh. uh, I save the dates for my wedding. Have an illustration of Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> which like five people are gonna get, <laughs> but I don't even care. They're so great. <laughs> But, right they're gonna be like what the fuck is this and i'm just gonna be like don't worry about it it's fine so it's that that's part of it i feel like i connected to macho man because he's like what got me into wrestling and then i so i think it makes sense too that colt cabana is my favorite now in like current times because he's what got me into indie wrestling and like i have this whole like i would not be doing my podcast if i had not gone to that indie show and seen mm -hmm. all these things and realized how deep this world was like i don't think our podcast would have continued like because wwe can be very frustrating <laughs> i think we would have lost interest after some time yeah <laughs> so yeah. it's I think it's uh, that it makes sense that those are my two favorite. Like they are what got me into it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Who, yeah. Who's your favorite? Who's your all-time favorite? Uh, all-time favorite. So this thing, I've got different categories. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I think that's got, totally fair. I've got a couple I'm basically like, the same thing. <laughs> but like, if I had to pick one, just growing up, who I always marked out for, no matter what, it was Sting. No matter like from really? when I was okay. a kid. From when I was a kid until like I wanted to dye my hair blonde to be like service thing back in the day. Huh. So 
you know. <laughs> but there were okay. like so Sting was Sting was my guy for the longest time, and then once the TNA stuff does not exist to me. It just doesn't. I don't. No. I choose not to accept that reality, and I replace it with my own. It's you know, but like all that time, you know, when he came back as you know the crow sting, and even like the bullshit, you know, red and black sting was pretty. I still marked out for that too. Uh, <laughs> um, but like currently, right now. I would have to say Ricochet. Like Ricochet is I fucking love Ricochet. Like, I'm Ricochet so became, I'm all about Ricochet. I remember seeing like years back because I didn't. I really didn't watch indie wrestling until probably about a year and a half ago. And well, I, I shouldn't say that. I didn't watch it regularly. I always saw like clips being shared on Facebook of you know, and I see this guy doing a double backflip, a double rotation moonsault off the top rope. And sticking it. Now it's just like, I need to see more of this person because yes. that was bomb. And then mm-hmm. Lucha Underground comes around as Prince Puma. And it was like, even though he sucks on the mic, sorry, dude, I love you, but you can't talk for shit. But he, he <laughs> emotes with his body in ways that others can't. And like, he can tell that story, which of course, like in indie wrestling, it's essentially just all, that's all you do. You know, you might cut a promo here and there, but for the most part, it's all let your actions speak for you. And like, he has been like, mask on, mask off, doesn't matter whether he's working heel or face, just works. Dude's just obscenely athletic. So I have to say that's who it is right now and then like i have a whole list of other like you know yeah subcategories subcategories <laughs> where it's like i like this guy i like this woman i like this this, 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 yeah. this um so what's your favorite dumb thing in wrestling my favorite dumb thing in wrestling um whether it doesn't matter whether it be gimmick whether it be how certain things ha- like just favorite dumb instance or whatever in wrestling um oh man that's a good question i really (sighs) i really like when companies cross over and like have fights for no reason i think i know it's like a really specific dumb thing but like those stories are always so stupid and (laughs) never make any sense but like i love it because it's clearly like our fans want to see this and this is a cool way to do this like i understand that and i appreciate it so i like that dumb thing um uh other dumb things things i know there are so many dumb things i'm just like totally drawing a blank on blank on other dumb things that i really like um i really like people coming back from the dead for no reason (laughs) (laughs) i think that that shit's hilarious like why why is this person alive i don't understand like i love lucha underground and i love that sometimes people are dead and some people are just sometimes people are just not dead yeah like like, like, people just come back yeah yeah, and like Lucha Underground is just one of those things. That, like it was so different, not only because like it's super scripted, but just the simple fact that it brings like Aztec culture into it, and it was like, yo, yeah. this shit is fucking amazing. It's but, so cool. Yeah, yeah, Lucha. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> yeah, and uh, my favorite dumb Real thing in wrestling is Poison Mist. It's just my favorite thing ever. Fucking love Poison Mist. <laughs> 
it's so stupid. It's I stupidest. fucking love it. I love that like so many weird people. Like I love that Rosemary was using it on Tandy for a minute. All I was right. like, really, this is what's happening. And now you're doing this shit. Like I fucking love Tajiri. I love all of that. That yeah. there is a match with Tajiri from years years and years ago it was one of the first ones that gent friend showed me and something lights on fire i don't remember why he's in some kind of cage match and something yeah. lights on fire and he actually has to use the mist to put it out and it's yeah. just this like super bizarre moment and i remember watching that and being like this is the coolest shit i've ever seen in my oh, fucking yeah. life like i just loved it because it's so dumb and i love that it was so stupid and this like really dumb thing like actually wound up being very useful to put out a fire like it just cracked me up for some reason so anytime i see to jury shoot out his poison green mist i'm like this is the best i fucking yeah. love this so i totally agree with that i think that's a great one and when i got into like uh japanese pro wrestling and like so each color's got a different <laughs> is a different effect and i was like so like green mist just blinds you and then red mist burns black mist paralyzes blue mist has a different thing i was like this is amazing <laughs> Right, I gotta pay attention to what color is coming out of your mouth now. Are you serious? We need all of this in the WWE right now. All of it, just absolutely all of it. Yeah, that's that's my favorite dumb thing. Like it's, it's like, and it's like it's it. cool when you see people act like when people execute it poorly. It is the worst looking thing on earth. Oh my god, it but, looks so like, stupid. Yeah, but when you've got it to Jerry and he gets like full coverage of the face, or like uh, Sue Young has like when she does like the red mist that she does, who Sue Young has like one of the coolest gimmicks possible. The whole undead bride thing that she does, it is amazing. But uh, mm-hmm. circling back, but like yeah, when you see people do it all good, it's awesome. When you see people do it poorly, I was like, that was you just spit in his face, and that's disgusting, sir. Right? You need to be arrested for assault. <laughs> my least favorite thing in wrestling i fucking hate it when people spit i think it's gross as fuck like don't stop everyone needs to stop doing that right in real life you spit on someone one of you two are gonna have to go period one of you is dead somebody don't ever die or end up in the hospital if you spit on someone it's just human nature but yeah yeah, that's only once in my life have i i've i never have personally spat on someone but i did have a friend of mine spit on an ex of mine once when we passed him in the street and i had like never experienced someone doing that and i could see it in his face as she spit in his face like there's nothing i can do about this and also i sort of deserve this and we just like kept walking in opposite directions and that was the moment for me that i was like oh that's a like you murder somebody over that. Yeah, I get yeah, it now. Yeah. Like, don't ever do that to another human being. It just blew my mind that she did it too. And I was like, oh, oh God. <laughs> the disrespect. Right? Exactly. I was like, I hate this person to a level that is very personal. And I would not spit in their face. In their face, yeah. Like, that's, like no, he deserved that. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. Like, oh, so, I think it's just disgusting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told them, no, someone's going down. You spin somebody's face, they're going to beat your ass. <laughs> right, they should yeah. beat your ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I don't care if you're in the... I don't care if they did something terrible to you and you're the good guy in the situation. It's all right. You spin Unless on somebody. Unless you're ready to throw down right now and you, right in, now. your intention is to provoke a fight, don't fucking... No, don't spin anybody's yeah, face. No, disgusting. Yeah. But uh, so winding this down. So if you could change anything right now in the current pro wrestling landscape, what would you change? Um, I would change, 
And it doesn't I have to be the pay structure. It can be wherever. Uh, I would probably change the pay structure. I think that it's, I know it's like a really weird businessy answer, but I feel mm-hmm. like, um, I think that that's part of why people do stupid, dangerous things is because they need money very badly. Right. <laughs> and yeah. so I think that it's so, uh, uh, there's just so much randomness to the way the indie wrestlers are paid. I think that there is a lot of uh, sexism and racism that goes into the way that WWE pays the wrestlers. Like yeah. I think it's, if there was just an easy way to write that out and be like, you work this long, you earn this much. I think that that would be uh, probably good. Right. <laughs> uh, also, I feel like health insurance, I would probably change that about wrestling. I would really like it if everybody had health insurance. That, that to would me be is still the craziest thing. It just blows my mind. Like, how the fuck do you have these people on the road 300 days a year and you don't give them health yeah. insurance? And, like, like their health insurance disgusting. is really expensive. Yes, absolutely. And like, oh, well, we'll fix them if they get hurt in the ring. Okay, well, what about like fucking Randy Orton who threw his goddamn shoulder out, taking the trash out because he'd been wrestling for 13 years? It's like, that's your fault too. That's clearly your fault. If you caused the last two separations, you probably caused this one too. So it's like, that also really bothers me. Uh, Other than that, like actual wrestling, like physical wrestling, if I could change anything, I wish that there was more intergender wrestling. I wish more women could wrestle men. I wish that it was just not a big deal. I wish it was like Lucha Underground where like everybody just wrestles everybody and it's just normal. Like I wish that there were tag teams that were mixed. I wish that women and men could tag together. Like I think that that would be awesome. That would be super dope. Other thing I would add, women's tag division. We have have those (laughs) women's tag division. First off, Actually, you know what? Yes. Forget the whole winding down thing. <laughs> we're we're going <laughs> to... So, okay. So with the intergender matches, we'll go there. But like with intergender matches and stuff like that, like we've had glimpses of that. Little tiny yes. bits. So like when Bailey Nikki Cross, Nikki Cross. I Cross. fucking love that she fights dudes. It's so great. And Ty Dillinger just will get like a fighter. flying Nikki Cross to the face. I fucking right. love that. I think it's amazing. Yeah. And like, and with her, everything's believable. Like... Yes, I, she looks like the type of person that if, like, you know, I saw her at a gas station somewhere, I'm getting back in my car and I'm driving to the next gas station to use that. Yes, one hundred percent. I totally agree. Actual looks like an actual crazy person. So, yes, like, you know, we had like when uh, it was Bailey and I forgot who she was tag teaming with in, but it was against the, I guess they were called the Mechanics at the time. Oh, but the revival and. They got a Bailey to belly. And I was like, oh mm-hmm. shit, this is a thing that's actually yes. happening. Mm-hmm. That happened Nothing with Bailey later too. She teamed right exactly. She teamed with um Shazaro when they first started Shizaro. being a tag team against the, the club. And I don't remember right. I think Charlotte was with the club and Bailey like did like a corner slam to Carl Anderson and I was just like so fucking excited about it like they they had so rarely done mixed tags up till this point anyway that to see women and men in the ring together was like really exciting like the last time that we had seen that was um nikki not nikki uh natty and uh tyson and cesaro and uh the usos versus naomi and like Mm. that it even then had been like a year since we had seen any of that and so to see them back in the ring together like it was really awesome and then to see bailey actually wrestling with carl anderson like who would have ever fucking thought that that could happen like (laughs) holy shit like how first of all carl anderson is in wwe congratulations second of all bailey is in the main roster and is wrestling carl anderson 
I'm like, okay, Amazing. great, awesome. I want to see as nice. much of that as possible. It's like I'm always so excited to see it, and it's so excited to see that they just like it's another one of those like a little bit at a time, one step at a time, one this little thing. People right. like this, I can still make money, they're still gonna buy their merchandise. Awesome. Like, okay, great. I, I want more of this. I want so much more of that. Right. So, and with the whole, like how you said, the women's tag, tag division. Okay, so being that there is an influx of women's talent in, you know, yeah. coming into NXT and just the WWE as a whole, uh, like whether it be from outside of pro wrestling, which I know a lot of people hate when they bring in football players and fitness models and, and like people from other sports. And it was like, that's kind of who you want. You want athletic people. So it'd be stupid yeah. to not go for these people, you know, like you stop being dumb <laughs> but so you have this influx of people like of course recently heidi lovelace uh ruby riot you mean ruby riot <laughs> i love uh, that <laughs> i came around on it i didn't love it at first because it felt very uh gimmicky and 90s to me but i think it's yeah. so appropriate for her that like I, I actually do really like it and i think yeah. it's like she looks like a badass still she still gets to have her short hair and have all these fucking tattoos like i'm into it i think it's great exactly. and like, so like you do girl <laughs> with this influx of people that you like do you think that they actually would eventually have a women's tag division? Because that's the thing right now is like, you know, you have like four women on each roster at the moment. Yeah. Which I, that's, that's the main reason why I hate this stupid roster split is that it just fucking, it just depletes every show except for SmackDown. Like SmackDown just. Yeah, that's the thing. SmackDown right. really makes it work though. Like SmackDown has six women and like all of them work and they get to be nearly half the show. Like that's, that's a big deal. And, and I think there's talking they, smack. Yeah. And there's talking smack and the women get to be all over that. Renee is the host is one of the hosts of it. And like, she's always great. It like brings that good look for her too. It's, I don't know. I feel like Raw is the one that doesn't take advantage of enough of their women. Like if there was going to be a women's tag division, I think that it should be on Raw and Raw exclusively. It should right. not not be like the cruiserweights division because they treat them like hot garbage. They treat them like they're the new divas. So not yeah. like that, but like yeah. in that same sense where it's like a show exclusive thing. I think it would be interesting to have a women's tag. Like it's smart to do something like that. Like you said, there's tons of women. They need more women's time. Like I think there are so many people who are like, oh, are you not going to be happy until it's half and half men and women? Like, yeah. That is right. That is correct. I do yeah. want half and half between them. And you know how you do that? You get a fucking women's tag division. Like, right. you won't feel so weirdly unbalanced if there's just, like, yeah, I understand if people are, like, men's singles and men's tag have to have the exact same amount of time as women's singles. Like, yeah, that would be weird. That would be a weird way to spread that time about. But right. if there was a women's tag division, then, hey, yeah, here's equal four parts. Give equal time to all four of these. It could be super dope. Like, WWE, WWF had a women's tag division when they, like ages ago in the fucking right. 80s like and it was awesome and they just dropped it for like no fucking reason at all because well, they not no reason we, we know well, why that reason is fuck moolah that's true but <laughs> yes fuck moolah 100 percent. fuck moolah <laughs> i have such strong opinions about moolah like mm, oh, mm. that would be another hour and a half so <laughs> yeah we can't we can't even get into that <laughs> another time <laughs> but yeah so I, I agree. Like, I think that they would be like, if they did that properly, like you could have mm -hmm. so like, if they, did that properly. if they did that properly, which is always the case with WWE is yeah. uh, they'll mm. do shit properly. And like, I hate when people are always like, I know people always say, well, oh, well, 
so they have to do so and so this way to make sure that they can sell such and such and so on and so forth. But you can have it both ways. Yeah. There's never just where, oh, we only have one person. We can only do it this one way. And like when you have the the president head of the company saying that when he gives up control, the product's going to become better. Let's you know everything that you need to know about this damn company. So yeah, it's that's so bizarre. Like it's just so strange to me that at, like Vince, who loves money, that's the thing he loves the most in the world is money. Like, but he hates you, it at the same time. It's just so bizarre. Like I don't understand. He's like, you don't, you're not the right person to give me money, and so I don't want your money. But I also want everyone's money. Like I just don't yeah. understand how he can look at Triple H and like the wrestling empire that he's legit creating yeah, like creating, it's, yeah. It, yeah like it's it's not like the way that i mean it, it sort of is where like vince mcmahon went around and like bought all the territories and was like this is just my thing i'm gonna make my thing whereas triple h goes through and is like i'm gonna bleed these indies in this way which i kind of don't like the way that that sounds like bleeding the indies i think is important because then it brings in new indie people like if the right. indies didn't ever get bled at any point we would never get new talent like it's yeah. it's cyclical it's gonna happen sometime so i, I like the triple it, just like building this he's like yeah. bringing in these like sports you have these things called feeder leagues and it's yeah, just it is what it is it like you can't, it, it you know yeah, you can like, hate like single a farm baseball teams if you want but like why like why not encourage these people to do this like we should right. be able to weed through this and like and see who's the best of the best i think that that's great actually yeah. and especially if the nature of the company is going to change to embrace those kind of wrestlers like i want to see as many different kinds of wrestling as i possibly can and if i can get that in the most accessible product yeah i do want that like i understand why people don't watch wwe but it is the most accessible product and like right. that there's a privilege in being able to watch other content other than WWE. And so I want WWE to be the best it possibly can, can be, because right. more people watch it. Like, I have a cousin who's super into wrestling. She does literally watches nothing except for Raw and SmackDown and their pay-per-views. Doesn't even watch NXT, even though she has the network. And so it's right. like, I want her and her two very young sons to see equal representations of all kinds of different people and all kinds of different wrestling. Like, I think that's super important. And so to just dismiss WWE like let's not give a fuck about them because mcmahon is a piece of shit yeah he is a piece of shit it's true it, it is true but like yeah. I, it's this is what's available and we should demand that it be the best that it can at all times and like i think that we're definitely moving in that direction and like if we can see the end that once mcmahon steps down like right. there's this great thing waiting for us on the other side like that okay yeah all right i'm here i'm in i'm not, I'm yeah. not leaving like I'm, I'm in it for the long run and like that's yeah, one of those exactly. things amongst like MMA had the same thing when they finally added women's divisions. Well, not MMA, but once the UFC added women's divisions, and people were, you know, because you always have those folks that are like those guys are like, oh, women, like you said earlier. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to watch. I just can't watch women fighting. It's just, it's not in their nature. And like I hear that, I'm like, what? Who, what women right? have you found? My God, right. I've seen you so many some... women fight. Jesus Christ! Right, exactly. Women's fights are the scariest fights. The scariest because they don't. It's it's because like they're going for jugular veins, eyes. Also, just, they don't end. They like, never, like it they, ends they will go when they're psychologically like, for the rest of their lives. Right. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it's bad. But like you know, now that we're seeing more and more, like that's the one thing that I just want. More, more people to realize it's like yeah like when we complain a lot of times when we complain about things of course sometimes we're just diggish about it and we complain about shit just to complain about it shit yeah. is shit it happens. it happens but more often than not we want like i want to see this be the best product that it can be 
You can do yeah. you can do both. You, you know, like the meme says, you know, get you a person that does both that can do both. And yes. it's like that's what like W like when you can see within the same you know umbrella of the company that you have a product that does both in yeah, NXT exactly. or you have a product that does both in SmackDown, and then you go to Raw and it's just like. <laughs> Hmm, I wonder who's in charge of this show that seems so dramatically different and behind. Hmm, right. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yes. Hmm. Yes. Interesting. But I think that's a good place to uh, call yep. it. It's a night since uh, Fastlane is going to be coming on soon. God, yeah, shit. Of, I've still got to do homework tonight, too. Yeah. Ugh, this is, I kind of hate oh, these geez. middle pay-per-views. Oh, so much. But right. it was a pleasure talking to you. Um, I will be listening to you guys again, like later on this week. I'll be, you Yay. know, doing something with Stella pretty soon as well. So All right, that one will have a cool ton of. Oh, drag so you guys race. are gonna talk about Drag Race for another day? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I plan on talking about like you know, a lot of queer culture within uh, pro wrestling and stuff like that. So should be yes, a pretty excellent. interesting um, thing. So fun. Have fun okay, with that homework. <laughs> Thanks very much. Enjoy the show. I'm sure I'll talk to you on the internet. (laughs) That wraps up the first episode of the Crowd Interference podcast. I'll probably have the next episode up on Thursday or Friday once I've gotten a chance to see everything that's going on on Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Talking Smack, etc., etc. Till then, I'll see y'all on Twitter. I'll probably be saying something mean. Here he goes again. Get this idiot out of the room. Get him out of this room.